morning. How y'all doing? Good? You look good, some of you, anyway. <laughs> Happy 4th of July to you. Oh, man, it's so good to be able to say that and experience the joys of freedom. Thank you, Bob and the praise team and Riley again. Great job. Getting better every time you do it, so keep it up. Let's give them another hand. You know, um, everybody's talking about freedom today, and uh, freedom is something that we all should be thankful for, and I know that that many times we take our freedoms for for granted, Uh, but we are free, you know, and how blessed we are to live in a free country, a free nation, Um, how blessed we are to have had and continue to have people that fight and protect those freedoms that we all experience, so let's thank God today. I'll remind us at the end, I'll give you some scripture to read today to sort of enjoy and praise God for the freedoms we have, but we are free. We're, what does that mean? Um, we're free to think, we're, we're free to act, um, we're free to, to speak, right? It's, it's something that if, if we were to experience bondage, freedom would look very different, wouldn't it? If you were to have lived in bondage for any period of time, uh, to leave that and to experience freedom would be amazing, wouldn't it? Um, What do you do with freedom? Andre Guide, he was a French author. He won the Nobel Peace Prize in uh, 1947. He says, to know how to free oneself is nothing. The arduous thing is to know what to do with one's freedom. What do you do? What do you do with the freedom that you have? What do you do with freedom? And that's the thing. You are free to do what you want to do with it. You are free to choose what to do with your own freedom. Uh, I want to talk to you today about freedom of choice. That's, that's a hot topic phrase, isn't it? Freedom of, of choice. But that's what you and I, that's what we all have is freedom of choice. Your choices are so important. You might say, how important? Um, Well, your choices make you. Your choices make your life. As a matter of fact, your life, at the end of your life, it will be a culmination of the choices that you have made. That's what your, your life is, choices. You could say the choices you make end up making you is how you could say that. So choices are so important, not just a, a lesson, lesson for teens and our young ones and young adults, but for, for all of us. Choices are so important. God created us to be free. We see that in the, in the beginning. Um, to have free will, to, to be able to make choices, otherwise he would not receive any glory from us at all. We, we need to have the ability to choose to make up our own minds and our own choices so that he can receive full glory and full love from us. But he also wants us to choose wisely, just like a good father wants his children to make the right choices. God wants us to make the right choices as well. So we're in this series called Trust in God, or in God We Trust, I should say. 
And, uh, you know, I had 4th of July on my mind when, you know, we planned this series for now. But uh, I know that you've seen the this phrase on dollar bills and coins, and I know you've seen it on cars driving down the road. And since we've started this series, I've seen it more often, you know, just everywhere I go, I see in God we trust. Well, what does it mean? What does it mean? Is it a slogan? Is it a motto? Is it a catchphrase? Is it a decal? Is it a sticker? Is it a t-shirt? No, so it's so much more than that. And so far we've learned in this series some important things. But trusting God is, is reflected in the choices that you make. How, how significant is that statement? Trusting God, you can put a banner out all you want, but trusting God is reflected in the choices that you make. I want to share with you this statement here. Trusting God means making choices by faith that honor God and bring my life and his will together. That's, that's the trust in God that we need to have, and that is the choices that God ultimately will not force you to make, but wants you to make. The ones that glorify him and the ones that bring your life and his will at an intersection, closer together. Those are the choices that he wants you to make. I want to talk to you today about Moses. Moses. Everybody in this room has heard of Moses, right? Probably the most significant person outside of Jesus, other than Jesus, in all of the Bible. Actually, next to Jesus, he's the name that's mentioned most. And when you think about the Old Testament, you think all of Moses, don't you? You think mostly about Moses. Um, you know, the guy who, who did miracles in Egypt, who God did miracles in Egypt through, the plagues and the wonders and stuff like that. The hero who came to, to save the day and, and led the, the slaves out of Egypt and freed everyone, right? The, the Jews celebrate freedom to this day because of Moses. He's, he's the guy who, who had a relationship with God like nobody else did or has had since. That, that guy. He got to experience this type of relationship with God that we can only, now, we can only read about. He, he received the Ten Commandments from, from God, right? Imagine that experience. He wrote the first five books of the Bible, right? The Bible that, that you, you and I have, and, and when you start reading it, you know, if you start from the beginning, you're going to read all of Moses' writings. You, you're going to spend some time with, with him. That guy is who I want to talk to you about today. I want you to understand this. He didn't get that level of prestige and honor by chance. He, he got it by the choices he made. The choices he made. They're very significant. They were all made in faith. Now, um, I just want to say this. I, we have a lot of choices that we make each and every day. Actually, there are thousands of choices that we make. Now, I'm not talking about what you need to get at the drive-thru, okay? I, I, just follow me there. I just feel like I need to say that. 
look, I'm sure God doesn't care whether you get number one or number three, okay? He probably just says, just choose, right? Just move on. I'm talking about significant choices in life. And you know, you know what those are. You know what those are. And a lot of times, God brings you to that place where you need to make a choice. He will bring you to, to that edge, to that intersection in the road. He will bring you there and let you decide. Those are the choices that I want to talk to you about today. Moses made significant choices, and they were all made by faith. And they made a huge difference, not only in his life, but in the lives of so many people. First of all, Moses chose the Lord over his life. He had a choice to make, and he chose the Lord over his life. You know, God, God does this. God gives everyone the, the choice to choose him. He does. You know, the scripture teaches us that God, is in his sovereignty, chooses people, yes. But it also teaches us that we have the will to choose him, right? We have the freedom to choose him. There's some tension there. There's some things that we just won't be able to fully understand there. But God never forces anybody to choose him. He doesn't. Hebrews eleven twenty four says this, By faith, Moses, when he had grown up, refused to be known as the son of Pharaoh's daughter. So a famous part of Moses' story is in his birth and in his growing up. The Hebrews were enslaved in Egypt, and they were just multiplying and multiplying and growing and growing, and Pharaoh started to become worried. And so he said, look, this has to stop. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stop this. I want to control the population. So any male that is born, any male baby that's born, we're going to kill. Right? And he put, put out that order. And so Moses' parents, and actually it mentions them in Hebrews 11. It mentions their faith. They placed Moses in a basket, right? And, and floated him down the river. They, did, they didn't want him killed. They, they placed their faith and their trust in, in God that God had better things in store for Moses, and so they placed him in the basket and, and floated him down the river, and Pharaoh's daughter ended up finding him. We all know this story, right? She, she found him, and, and she kept him as her own. She even, through God's sovereignty, got Moses' own mother to raise him and to care for him and to teach him the ways of the Hebrews, But Moses ended up growing up in Egypt as a prince. Imagine that, royalty, prestige. Imagine being that kid in that high school, right? The most popular guy, I want to hang out with that guy, right? Imagine having that life. Anything that you could want, the wealth, the riches, the accolades, the prestige, the honors, right? You're it, man. You're, you're the man. It says he refused. He, he refused to be known. He, he had the, this opportunity to choose to stay where he was at or to do something else. He, he refused this life. He said, thanks, but no thanks. So what did he do instead? Verse 25, he 
chose to be mistreated along with the people of God rather than to enjoy the fleeting pleasures of sin. So you see there, there's the choice. There's the choice. Yeah, in God's sovereignty, yeah, he was found in a river. Great story, right? He chose to be on the side of the Lord. He chose. And it doesn't give us the full details, but, but Moses just knew something was off. He knew something was different. He knew that something wasn't right with where he was at. He knew that it was morally wrong to mistreat others and to beat others and to enslave others the way Egypt did. It just felt wrong. It felt wrong. He knew that the world he was living in was not the right place for him. And so through faith, he, not knowing what was on the other side other than mistreatment, he chose that instead. Instead of choosing to identify with Egypt, he chose to identify with the people of God. You know, I've always, we know that Moses killed a guy, right? You familiar with that? Moses killed a guy. And that's, that's been like a bad mark on his life. Don't go kill somebody, okay? That's bad. I'm not saying that. But I just thought in studying this, that's when he picked his side. That's when he chose a side to fight for his people, the people of God. He made his decision right then and right there. And it quickly became known to everyone. Let me ask you this. Do people know which side that you are on? Has it become that clear that you have chosen the side of the Lord? Right? It's this way or it's this. There needs to be a clear break, a clear separation from this or that. Do people know which side you were on? You know, the name Moses is a cool name. Um, it means to draw out. To draw out. Isn't that interesting? And, and I'm sure he got the name because she, uh, Pharaoh's daughter drew him out of the river. But what is he doing here in this context? He is withdrawing from the world. He, he, he's drawing his life out and placing it with God. You know, God calls us out of the world. God calls us to be different. Not Listen, especially young people, God doesn't want you to blend in with everybody and be like everybody else and do what everybody else does. God calls us out. As a matter of fact, 1 John, this isn't on the screen, but just listen, 1 John 2.16, for everything... Everything, everything in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, the pride of life comes not from the Father, but from the world. The world and its desires pass away. Man, God wants us to enjoy the world, but God doesn't want us to be a part of it. Okay. You know, Moses chose God over, it says here, the fleeting pleasures of sin. <laughs> Most of us, I would say all of us, learn about sin the hard way, don't we? Right? It's, it's like good at first, it's pleasurable at first, but then it, it leads to destruction. It, it doesn't last very long. It's like buying a 
brand new fridge and then a week later it doesn't work and you didn't get the warranty, right? You're like, this was a good thing, but it didn't last. You know, sin is, sin isn't always, doesn't always look bad. Sin doesn't always feel bad. It's pleasure. It's appealing to the eyes. It looks good. It feels good. But it doesn't last. It passes. Verse 26, Moses did this. He regarded this grace for the sake of Christ as of greater value than the treasures of Egypt because he was looking ahead to his reward. Again, a choice that he made is regarded. Regarded. And that is, in, in this, um, in the original language, it's more of an accounting term. It means he weighed, he weighed it out. He put the, all the treasures of Egypt on one side of the scale, and he put choosing what the Lord had in store on the other side, and according to him, he made the choice that it wasn't even close. Like, this going with the Lord is a, is a much better investment long-term, Right? Because this over here, while it may feel good, it may look good, it just doesn't last. It's gone. It's gone. Through faith, he chose to be on God's side because through faith, he saw it as greater than all of the wealth in all of Egypt. And hey, I've watched The Mummy all kinds of times. And Egypt has a lot of wealth, don't it? Or didn't it? Right? All the Indiana Jones type stuff, like treasure hunt. I mean... Look, come on. He's saying all the treasure in all the world, it doesn't even compare to being with God and being with him. He was through faith, folks, through faith. He was looking forward to something better, something greater, something lasting. You know, the problem in this world is not that we want too much. Okay, it's that we settle for too little. We settle for too little. We look at these things and we're like, oh, that's great, that's amazing. I want this so much. And God is all, all the time saying, look, I want better for you. That's nothing compared to what I have for you. Don't chase that. Seek me. Seek me. You know, Moses was 40 when he made his choice. He lived to be 120. So if you do the math, that tells you, 80 years he suffered, whatever, you know, whatever that means. He spent 40 years as a shepherd and then 40 years leading his people through the wilderness. 80 years he suffered. But you know what? For 4,000 years and counting, he is experiencing untold riches and untold joy and untold pleasure to this day. Do you understand that? 80 years versus 4,000, hmm, what, what, what are you going to choose? Are you going to choose 20 years or 2,000 years? Right? That's the reality of faith. Right? That's what God wants us to see. Hey, he has better. Just like Moses, we need to realize what this world has is nothing, nothing, nothing compared to what God has. Nothing. Psalm 1611, you make known to me the path of life. You will fill me with joy in your presence. Notice this, with eternal pleasures at your right hand. Not fleeting, 
not passing away, not here one day and gone the next. Eternal pleasures. You want to know what life is really all about? Well, you choose the Lord. You want to know what true joy is? Do you want to experience true joy and satisfaction in your, in your life? Then you choose the Lord. Do you want lasting pleasure? Stay away from the world. Choose the Lord. You know, choosing God over the things of the world is the best choice that you can make in your life, not only for today, but for eternity. Second choice that Moses made is he chose faith over fear. Faith over fear. You know, all people experience fear, okay? Some more than others, but all people experience fear. Fear is an emotion. But here's the difference. Faith is a choice. Right? You may not be able to control control whether or not you have fear. But you can choose to always have faith. That's in your control. You so everybody has fear, and here's here's the other part. Everybody can choose faith over fear. You can. Verse twenty seven, by faith, you see there it's all in faith. He left Egypt, not fearing the king's anger. He persevered because he saw him who is invisible. This Pharaoh was a ruthless ruler. Anybody, I mean, just look at what he did with all the male babies. Anybody that does that is just evil. Evil. They, that's not even reality, right? That, that's demonic, right? We get that. He was a ruthless ruler. He was feared by everyone. But after Moses made his choice, after he went all in for the Lord and on his side, through faith, he chose to make his faith greater than his fear. You know, if you go back and you read Moses' story, which I did, I spent a couple days reading the whole thing again. Um, Moses was initially afraid to go before Pharaoh. Sort of, right? You get that when you read. It's like he's unsure. He's like, are you sure they'll listen to me? God, I don't know about this, right? The Lord said, just, just go. I'll, I'll, take, I'll take care of it. The Lord, I mean, you know who I'm going to, right? The most powerful man in, in all the world. I mean, who, who, do I, who do I tell him that you are? I am, just go. I am. What did Moses do? He went. He went. You know, when Moses started talking to Pharaoh, Pharaoh didn't want to let the people go, did he? Not at all. <laughs> I picture Moses, what he could have said after the first time. No? Okay. See you later. You know, I tried. Moses went back ten times. Ten times. Ten. All right, so that is ten choices that he made to choose faith over fear. Right? If you go back and read it, it Pharaoh, each and every time, he's like, don't show up again. Don't. Or I'll kill you. And Moses just keeps showing up. 
when Pharaoh finally let the people go and the Israelites left Egypt, Pharaoh changed his mind. And he, he went after all of them. And Moses could have turned around and, and saw that and said, well, that didn't last very long. The best thing that we can do now, it's in our best interest to, to just give up. To just stop and say, look, forgive us, Pharaoh. We were in the wrong here. No, he didn't do that. He left Egypt and he didn't look back. They didn't look back at all. He chose faith over fear. And here's, listen, here's what he did. Here's how he did it. He stopped paying attention to Pharaoh, okay? He stopped paying attention to, to Pharaoh and started focusing on God. It's that simple. He stopped paying attention to Pharaoh and started focusing on God. Notice it says he saw him who was invisible. What? That, is that not an oxymoron or a contradiction or whatever? He saw him who was invisible. That word saw means fixed. It's, he was fixated upon God. He was fixated upon God and not upon his fear. Not upon what was behind him, but what was ahead of him. You know, his faith in what he couldn't see was greater than the fear that he could. How big is that to you and to me? That's the key in all this, is making faith greater than your fear. I want you to notice this all the way back in Exodus, chapter 14, verse 13. Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm, and you, notice this, will see the, the future tense, right? So, so you can't see it right now, but you will see it, right? There's the faith. You, you will see the deliverance of the Lord. The deliverance the Lord will bring you today, right? It's not like happening right now, but it will happen. That's what he's focused on. But notice this, the Egyptians that you do see right now, right? The fear that you see right now, today you will never see again. And what is he focused on here? Not on what he sees, but what he can't see. Right? He's making God so much bigger than his worries. His faith in what he couldn't see was greater than the fear that he could. Look, folks, that's the type of faith God wants you to have. You know, we fear many things. Um, sickness, death, failure, rejection, self-image. We fear loss. So many things. So many things. We fear those things because we see them all around us. Let me ask you this. What are you focused on throughout the week? What are you focused on? What are you fixated on? Your fear or your faith? Right? What you're afraid of or what the Lord will do. You know, trusting God means this. Your faith in what you can't see is greater than the fear you can. It's, it's trusting that even though this is like this, the Lord will. Do you get that from this verse? Even though this exists in my life, the Lord will. And you fill in the blank. 
It's saying that, and it's focusing on that again and again. Verse 14, the Lord will fight for you. Here's what you need to do now. You need only to be still, to be still, to be still. I want you to hear that today from the Lord. Now, being, being still doesn't mean to stand still at all. It means don't fear. Don't panic. Don't let anxiety take over you. Trust in the Lord. Do you need to be still today? Is God asking you to be still right now in your heart, in your spirit? Be still. Have you been focused on things around you that it's causing you fear and anxiety? Be still. Don't focus on the visible, but see the invisible. Don't focus on what might happen. Focus on what the Lord will do, okay? I want you to repeat this over and over again this week. Be still, the Lord will. Be still, the Lord will. And whatever is is weighing you down, whatever you're burdened with, you say that. Be still, the Lord will. Take your focus off of that fear and put it on him. Last thing, Moses chose obedience over obstinance. Now, obstinance is one of those words I had to look up because I heard it before and I wasn't sure what it meant and I had to double check myself before I told you. So, uh, there you go. Um, It's funny. I looked up the definition, and vocabulary.com says, obstinance is a characteristic of being impossibly stubborn. Anybody know anybody like that? Don't look around. Or it, even goes, it even goes on to say this, like a bull that won't budge. Hey, in southwest Virginia, we say mule instead of bull, right? Stubborn as a mule. Man, I got some stubborn kids, folks. I do. I'm like, you need to take a bath. Like, why? Like, do I really have to answer that question? You need to brush your teeth. Why? Hey, don't and see what happens, right? You know, uh, in many ways, all of us are stubborn, aren't we? <laughs> My wife will tell you I'm stubborn. She's right. You know, I, I try to do so much by my own power. And it's, it's not an arrogant thing at all, right? It's, I don't know. The, the way I'm made, I feel like I need to do things my way. There's probably a disease classification for that. I don't know. But some of you are like me. Like, you've got to do it. And you've got to do it your way. Your way's the right way, right? I don't know. That's a little bit of pride. Actually, a lot of pride. Um, <clears throat> what I like about Moses, one of the greatest qualities about Moses was his humility and his faithful obedience. You know, Moses was handsome, okay? 
a very handsome guy, very smart, very experienced, very qualified. You know, if there was something that needed to be done, he could do it. He could figure it out. He could organize, right? A lot of leaders, a lot of business leaders, and even a lot of military leaders study Moses. He was the guy. But I love how he humbly and faithfully submitted to the Lord and obeyed. He was humble enough and faithful enough that when God asked him to do something, he did it. He did it. Verse 28. By faith, he kept the Passover and the application of the blood so that the destroyer of the firstborn would not touch the firstborn of Israel. So again, this is a story, and I'm going to close here in just a second, that we all are familiar with. This is the final plague, right? When the angel of death would pass over all of Egypt and the firstborn of Egypt would be killed, God got with Moses and told him the plan. Here's what I'm going to do. After this, Pharaoh will let you go. But here's what you need to do. You need to take these, these spotless lambs. And you need to kill them. And you need to take the blood and you need to put it on the outside of the homes, around the doors. When the angel of death passes over all of Egypt, he will know not to bother that home because he will see the blood. Now imagine being rock star, business leader, CEO, military guy, Moses. Wait, do what? Hey, listen, this is the guy who instilled the sacrificial system. I want you to understand that. There was no sacrificial system before this guy. Like, this is the first time that he's like, God says, I want you to sacrifice an animal. And do what with its blood? <laughs> right? You, Pharaoh is going to be a, afraid of a little bit of blood? We don't really get any, don't get any of that. It says, notice here, very important, by faith, he kept. It means he, he did it. He kept it. He kept the, the Passover and he kept the application of the blood. He did exactly what he was told to do. Folks, listen. I'm a little burdened by this. But the word of God is not meant just to hear or to read. It's meant to keep and obey. It's meant to keep and obey. It's meant to apply. It doesn't do nearly the amount of good if it's just heard. Actually, probably no good if that's all you do with it. That's why Jesus says this in Luke eleven twenty eight: Blessed, blessed, rather are those who hear the word of God and keep it. And keep it. Are you obedient? Or are you obstinate? Stubborn. God, I know better than you. God, I, I don't think this is the right time for me to do that. God, I don't feel the need for that in my life right now. God, I've got some things going on. I, 
I need to take care of these things first. Oh God, I know how to handle my resources better. You see, so many offer excuses. Moses never really did. I mean, there was a few times in the beginning. But he grew out of that. So many Christians don't. Excuses, ignoring, or just thinking, look, in our freedom, hey, I'm free to, I'm free to choose, right? You know, God desires faithful obedience over anything else. Church is good. I'm glad you're here. Hey, tent revivals are good, and I hope it turns out well. I really do. Reading the Bible is good. Praying is good. Here's the thing. <clears throat> Don't get mad at me for saying this. None of those things show that you trust God at all. None of it. Think about being on God's side. So you're, you're here and you're, you're singing and screaming and whatever, dancing, or you're here and you're just going through the motions. And how are you showing you, God that you trust him? Only, only through keeping what he says, through obeying, is how we show that we trust in God. You know, we can do a lot of good things. But trusting God means that you do more than just the good, but you choose to do the God things. You choose to do the God things. When you obey and when you apply what he says to your life, he gets involved. He gets involved. We see that in the life of Moses. Hey, you, you want God to start moving in your life? Start doing what he says. You want God to part some waters in your life? You need to start doing what he says. It's not enough just to listen. Not enough just to hear. But do it. Do it. That shows your trust in him. Last thing, Moses chose the blood over bondage. I want to close with this. You know, the blood, when Moses did this, it kept the firstborn of Israel safe. But what if Moses didn't do this? The firstborn would have been killed, okay? And the people would have remained in bondage. You see, it's the blood that not only kept the firstborn of Israel alive, but it's the blood that freed all, all, all of Israel. All of them is the blood. Moses could have ignored God's instructions, but they would have remained in bondage. He obeyed, and through faith, he saw something about the blood. He saw that there was power in what the blood could do. He didn't understand it fully, but he, know, he knew that the, the barrier between them and God, the only thing, the only thing between them and God was the blood, and the blood was going to save them. That's it. He, ch he chose the blood over bondage. You know, we, 
We experience freedoms in our country because of the bloodshed of so many. So thankful for that. We are blessed because of that. But in reality, and definitely looking at it through the lens of eternity, we are in bondage spiritually through sin. You know, thankfully, just like God told Moses his plan, God had another plan to free people from bondage, and it was the blood of Jesus. It was the blood of him. Revelation 1.5, from Jesus, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings on earth, to him who loves us and has freed us from our sins by his blood. Isn't that good? blood that sets you and me free from the bondage of sin you know we can live a full life in a free country and still be enslaved to sin nothing can set you free except from the blood through the blood of Christ have you made that choice blood or bondage have you made that choice to be set free? That's the most important choice for you to make in your whole life is to choose to be freed by the blood. You know, our choices are so important, folks. So enjoy your freedom, but use your freedom to choose as a way to show your faith in God and as a way to show that you trust in him. Now, I want to pray after I read this scripture. I know many of you have plans today and maybe traveling and eating and stuff like that. Uh, let's give thanks to the Lord. Remember to do that. Maybe before you celebrate, maybe before you have the family meal, take some time and thank God for the blessings that you have. I want to read this out of Deuteronomy 8, and then I'm going to pray. Just listen to this. Even though the people in Egypt experienced freedom, they were very quick to forget. I don't want us to be like that. I don't want to be like that. We need to thank God for how he freed us through Jesus, through his blood. Listen, when you have eaten and are satisfied, praise the Lord your God for the good land he has given you. Be careful that you do not forget the Lord your God failing to observe his commands, his laws, and his decrees that I am giving you this day. Otherwise, when you eat and are satisfied, when you build fine houses and settle down, and when your herds and flocks grow large and your silver and gold increase and all you have is multiplied, then your heart will become proud and you will forget the Lord your God who brought you out of Egypt, out of the land of slavery. What a reminder that is. Let's, let's not waste our freedom, but let's enjoy it and remember what it costs for us to be free. Not only to be free in this nation, but to be free from sin for all eternity. Let's pray. God, we thank you for today. And today we just praise you that we are blessed. We praise you for freedom. We praise you for showing us favor here in this country and in this nation. Father, we are so thankful and forever grateful that you sent your son Jesus to free us from our sin, 
from our own bondage, from this world, from destruction, from an eternity separate from you. You freed us from that through the blood of Jesus Christ. Father, I pray that um, we would be thankful of that, that we would live our lives that would reflect that we trust in you. And I pray that for the soul that, that doesn't know you, God, that today they would choose to see the power of the blood, that they would choose the blood of your son Jesus over the bondage of sin. Father, go with us now as we leave this place. In your name we pray. Amen.